Welcome to Clarity and Purpose. Our world is full of people who are overworked and overwhelmed. They lose focus on what matters, struggle to find a vision for the future, and lose time with those they love. We help businesses and their teams clearly understand their purpose and help them communicate more effectively. I'm your host, James Thorne, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jake Jordan. Hey, Jake. Hey, James. <laughs> hey, man, what if we have to wear masks for the rest of our lives? Ooh. What if we have to stay in our house, like for real, from now on? What if this is truly the end of the world? What if it's a dream? What if this is real? <laughs> We're just dreaming about this. <laughs> so we deal with what ifs all the time, don't we? That's right. We think in that way. You know, what's, what, what if uh, we didn't have to shoot this so late at night? What if we could have done that earlier? <laughs> <laughs> what if we planned better? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what ifs oh, are real? Man. Yeah, we. I mean, I, I deal with my, the business a lot. Like, what if we can't make payroll? You know, what if we lose our big client? What if, you know, that's constant things go through my head. And yeah. that's what today's episode is about. Yeah, because in business, you do deal with a lot of what ifs because we're just people, right? We're just dealing with things that come our way. It's like, what if this marketing campaign is horrible? What if, you know, the people don't like anything we have to say? We have to close up shop. What if we do really, really good and we need to hire three new people in three months? You know, like there's good what ifs and bad what ifs, but there's a ways to deal with it. Yeah. And what you'll find out today in today's episode is really look for that. What if I don't step into that thing that I really want to do? Or what if I do step into it? What does that really look like? So I'm really excited. You're going to love this interview with Chris Graby, who's CEO of Startup Camp. So without further ado, let's introduce our guest like we do every week. He is a husband, dad, faith leader, speaker, and entrepreneur. He first hit the scene in the early 2000s as a cast member on MTV's Road Rules. He, le he led one of the campuses as a pastor for Life Church, one of the largest campuses in America, and he is currently the CEO of Startup Camp, which is the first complete platform for new angel investors. He also has a life brand with his wife called One Life. Together, they've been busy starting multiple businesses, having five children, traveling the globe, and serving for over 13 years in ministry. This is my friend, Chris Gravy. Oh, what's up, man? What is up? I do not look happy in that picture, but I like that intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm super excited that's your, to be here that's today, your serious, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, like, yo, he's not playing around. Go find a field and look serious. Oh, oh I messed something up here. My bad. There, yep, we there we go. You're now, back. I love it. So, hey, man, excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, we're going to have some fun today. No, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Chris, when I say friend, a lot of people will say, oh, it's my friend and they're good acquaintances, but I would consider Chris a good friend of mine. Um, we've spent a lot of time over the past several years in different arenas and industries and uh, excited to have you on today. So, why don't you share some of your past up to this point? I know I mentioned MTV. I mean, that was back when you were a, a young punk. My um, hair wasn't this color. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> My hair was not a this A lot color, has changed. Sure. Yeah. Um, what, what are some other things that you've done? Um, I mentioned Life Church. Uh, you stepped out from that. So I mentioned some things. Give us a brief little background. 
Oh, man, I, I like to tell people I've lived a Forrest Gump type life. <laughs> I've kind of done everything you can imagine from uh, college dropout, moving all across the country, uh, met my wife in Nashville, Tennessee, right after I'd got done with MTV, did Road Rules, did one of the challenge, Battle of the Sexes too, and then just went on a big adventure, started traveling and speaking, ended up in the local church and kind of did that, um, you know, on and off officially uh, as a title on staff at churches for quite a long time, 12, 13 years. And then, and then in the middle of there, I got to be a yo-yo pro where I traveled the world doing school assemblies, uh, England, Australia, Canada, United States. And my kids thought it was really cool then. Um, not as, not as cool now as I was back then when they were younger and I was a yo-yo guy, but, um, but yeah, you know, I've, I've always had a deep passion for entrepreneurship and leadership and um, I don't know, just an affinity to take risks and, and try things. And so I, a few years ago, after seven years of working in the largest church in America, uh, it was a fun ride, but it was time for me to make the leap. I had done a lot of entrepreneurial ventures kind of on the side, a lot of side hustles and had one that really kind of exploded. I, I did Amazon, uh, I did mm -hmm. some private label stuff. This was around kind of the 2015 when even when selling on Amazon was still kind of early. I would say we were, I was in probably the second wave, but um, and those people who got in 2012, 2013, like it was the wild west. You could sell whatever you want, make so much money, but learned a ton, grew a ton, $2 million plus dollars in rev. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, but out of that, it was like, okay, cool. I, I early had an opportunity to kind of influence and speak to people through MTV and sharing my faith and whatnot in the world. And, and God in his grace did not leave me on the stage. He kind of tucked me back in some obscurity for around 12 to 13 years and said, hey, why don't you go burn the edges off, grow up a little bit. Let's gray up your hair a little bit. Let's give you a couple of kids and and settle you down so that when you you do come back out to the world and get to share, you've, you've got something worth saying and you don't stick your foot in your mouth. So Super thankful for my time at Life Church. Uh, thankful that I got to be uh, under Craig Rochelle and his leadership there. That was really, really a gift. And then I stepped into the world of entrepreneurship as a side hustle. Then it started to explode. So I said, all right, cool. I'm going to get back out there, uh, get on the mic again, and uh, start to stretch my entrepreneurial muscles. And that was a lot of fun. And now I lead and I'm CEO of a company called Startup Camp. It's uh, a venture that helps people get started in angel investing. And it's it's a wild ride. So again, I'm 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 your I'm your Forrest Gump, and I married Jenny. You did. Jenny. So <laughs> I knew that was coming. So. Jenny was coming. If you were going to say that. Yeah, um, and yeah. So that's and five that's a, kids. A quick. So five. Five yeah. kids. Yeah. Cheers. I mean, goodness, you still going? Mm -hmm. Nope. Um, I saw I saw a guy <laughs> about that, and it's it's game over, man. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I, I want to talk some about your experience stepping out, but also uh, people that you interact with and kind of your perspective of everything. Um, what does that look like today now that you've kind of – now you're a CEO of a business, and we'll talk some about that. But before that, when you stepped out, what, what were your perspective when you stepped out? What do you think it was going to look like? Oh, man. You know, for anyone who's ever done it before, it, it never looks like you think it will. And and even like you think you have three or four contingencies like, all right, well, if this thing does this and then this thing does this, then we should be able to. I mean, then we're going to be. But if, even if two of them work, then we should be great. And you look <laughs> up and go, none of those worked. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> all right. What do we 
And so, and so, you know, it's that weird place is, you know, I think when, when I took the leap out of Life Church, I mean, I was, you know, I was the campus pastor of one of the largest churches in America, Life Church. And, you know, anyone in ministry or knows uh, the leadership of Craig Rochelle and Life Church, like, they just like, you hit it, man, you, you punch the golden ticket, like, and yeah. it was interesting in my seven years of being there, I never saw anybody leave the organization from that seat on the bus. It was a pretty cushy seat, you know, and I, you know, there were a couple people that we got reassigned and different things like that, but no one just said, Hey, I think I'm done. And they're like, I didn't steal money. My wife and I are in a great relationship. You know, there wasn't like a, a fallout thing. And so I think everyone just kind of was a little bit of a head scratcher. But for us, it was like, you know, I was 37. And I think that's the piece too, is that people go like, well, there's no way, there's no way I could do this. There's no way I could take this jump. There's no way I could make this move. And, uh, and I'm like, there's never going to be a perfect time. I mean, I had five kids, a mortgage, all the things, you know, and, but we had some dreams. And luckily, uh, my wife, my wife says she's just tethered to me. And so when I jump off the cliff, she automatically gets drugged with me. And she's been such a good trooper about that. But there was something really, really great about being somewhere for seven years, planting, being a part of that. That was really, really good. I, I needed that. I've been kind of willy nilly all over the place in my younger days, but I really, really appreciate that time. But you know, when, when you jump like that and you, and you start to write it out, you, you weigh the options. And it's it's never like a Jerry Maguire, I quit, I quit, today's the day. I mean, generally speaking, it's not. You've, you've probably been thinking about it for a while. You've yeah. been processing, you've been praying, you've been talking about it, you've been thinking about it. So, um, you know, you, you're probably way ready, way longer, and you probably have outstayed the time that you actually need to be there. Most times when it, when it comes to most folks, but generally yeah. speaking, we all know the reason people don't make the move, it's, it's fear. Fear is mm -hmm. always the thing guiding. And so, you, you know, there's also a place of like wisdom. There's critical thinking, strategic thinking, you know, calculated risk taking. Those are all parts to play in it. But like I said, like nothing ever goes to plan. So you have to just be willing and ready to know like this may or may not work. But one of the big things that Jenny and I like to say, James, is um, we like to say, which what if are we willing to live with? Hmm. And we have to ask ourselves that question. And, and for us, it was like, what if we never take the jump? What if we just stayed in this job and kept doing this the rest of our life? Would we always wonder what if? What if we would have taken that ride? And so we don't ever have to wonder what was going to happen with us taking that jump. That's a what if. And us saying, okay, now I can look back and say, well, what if I would have stayed there? I think yeah. it would have been great, but I would have never known the life on this side over here. So there's a there's a lot of risk involved, and we can get into some more of the details of the journey. But I just say for me and for anyone listening, you just got to know it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. There's yeah. always going to be twists and turns. You have to be resilient. You have to keep kind of reinventing yourself, rediscovering yourself. You know, we even talked before we got on the call here. I mean, there's always a pivot or two involved when you're trying to figure it out. You're, you think you have mapped the whole thing before you actually make the jump. And um, generally speaking, it's it's going to probably change. I mean, you, you of all people know that as well, right? Am I right? Looking back now, because I know you have and you're a lot has changed sure. in a short period of time for you Very too. Short. Yeah, no, um, no. What do you wish you would have known when you stepped out? Now you look at it today. Oh man, 
I don't know. I think I think there's a so it's weird. There's a level of uh, how do I say this? There's a level of boldness and maybe kind of borderline arrogance you have to kind of have to go, I'm going to do this because you just have to believe you have to have hope the thing you're going to step into is going to work or you're you're crushed from day one. (laughs) And, but I think there's a level, if I would have walked in with a little bit more of like, uh, there's that fine line of learn, learner, teachability, humility, seeking guidance and help from people. And really even knowing what I like, where I wanted to go and to leverage That's my good. strengths better. I, I think, you know, you just go, I think I want to go here and you don't know. And you have to, and I read Hoffman of LinkedIn says that with a startup or anything you endeavor you're doing, it's like you're building the airplane while you're falling out of the sky. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you start to, what happens is, especially if you have like a, you know, you have a, a large amount of money that you go, okay, cool. I've got this, I'm, I'm cashing my 401k or I've got a big amount of money with this emergency fund. I've at least got six months, you know, you know, the, to kind of get, get this up off the ground or whatever. I would just say you actually need like three years of money mm-hmm. if you're going to do something like that, because that six months is going to come quick. And it's a little bit of like a false security blanket because you're like, oh, okay, cool. I can dream. I can think I could, you know, right. it's just like, no, no. Get out there, execute, and very quickly be able to pivot and start to decide, okay, that's not it. That's not it. I'm going to try this. I'll try it. But, I mean, we get so obsessed with the idea of, like, a vision statement and all the things. Yeah. So it's just like – but you're like, no, 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 no. Like, you got to get to the thing as quick as possible that's going to hopefully at least produce some money that right. gives you a longer runway because – you you know um, that money has the potential to run out very quickly, and then here's what happens: when the thing that you're building uh, is the thing that you're hopeful can make you the money, you start to make silly, stupid decisions because that thing has to make you money right now. So you right. will compromise, and maybe you did find the thing that you're supposed to do. You will, you know, if you're a freelance agency, you're doing videos. You're like, why am I doing a cat video? For YouTube, for this person, this lady, the cat lady, I don't know. They're going to pay the bills. Is this part of my vision? Am I? And then there's also that just hustle factor. You're like, look, this is going to suck. And you may have to just Uber and do part-time jobs and do all the other things to see this vision come to life. And if you can be humble enough to, to do that and not be like, well, I've already made it in my life to this particular level, um, then, then you can... You know, I think that, and you're just willing to admit when you're wrong and, and be yeah. able to move quickly. Uh, those are just some pieces, I think, man, that I, I think understanding that the money's going to move a whole lot faster. You're going to make stupid decisions because you're hopeful that the money that that will compromise the vision you have, because the tighter the, the, the money thing gets around your neck, the, the air gets cut off. You start to panic. You start to do silly decisions. Everyone around you stress, especially if you're like a sole provider. Um, and, you know, it's like, yeah, you may have your great vision, but you have to have some humility to be able to make a call when you're supposed to pivot yeah. and also make a call when you're supposed to go, I just got to bring in some money. I, I may be close. And then just continuously, again, self-awareness to the entire thing and being able to have honest conversations with yourself and also listen to people around you and just move as fast as possible. What's been the toughest internal struggle with your business that you've had to overcome? Um, I think, you know, part of part of for me is like my, my history and story is I, I grew up in a small town, Indiana. Um, 
you know, my, my parents weren't loaded, but I wouldn't say like we were in like poverty. My mom definitely, you know, not college educated and she, you know, she struggled most of her life. You know, I always had, you know, cash cars and not a lot of money. And I, and I kind of almost wore like the, the cheap breakdown car as a, as a badge of honor or whatever. And, I, and I'm still sort of shaken out of that analogy because I go, why it's a, you know, when I think about assets and liabilities, but I think part of it is, um, you know, for me, it's always like, no, if I went for it, I could build that. And in my mind, I have all the confidence in the world. But sometimes when you when you can go execute, you're going to have to find out if it's a reality or not. So I think I think one of the things I'll do is I, I almost find myself sometimes in a little bit of a self-sabotage mode because I'm an idea guy. I see yeah. a shiny thing over here. And I'm starting to see success down a track. And it's like, well, maybe I should start that business. Maybe I should start. But it's just like, no, like lean in and really learn how to embrace success yeah. and, and not be like, ah, am I supposed to be here? You, you know, you're a fraud. You're not, no one's going to, they're going to figure you out or whatever. Right. And so I think that's a big thing for me is to, is to don't, you know, have the ideas. They're great. Write them on paper. Let them sit over here. Stay focused. Have blinders on. That's a, for sure been a weakness of mine in the past. Uh, don't don't think you're Superman and you can do everything. And then also, uh, you know, again, just just don't sabotage yourself when you're finding some traction down <laughs> down the road. You know, like just stay. Like I always tell people, I'm like, when you think you figured it out, because. I found myself in spots like where I'm like, oh, cool, I'm successful over here. Let me start three other businesses because I'm such a good business person. And you're like, you know, sometimes past success does not determine future success, especially if you're in a different niche or industry and you've never done it before. And you look up and go, I don't have my hands fully on any wheel. And now it's all struggling. And and so I would just say, when you think you've gotten success, when you say I've gotten success, don't start something else get even more success in that same area. And when you think you're like, all right, I've really found some 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 steam behind me, then lean in a little bit more and then just a little bit more. And then maybe you can start something else when you really feel like you conquered it, you found the income stream you want and you're, you're thriving in that area. But I would say we all kind of jump too quick, either to quit something or to jump to the next thing uh, before we give it a shot. And a lot of that's a lot of self-sabotage because some of us have just never seen or been around success in our life. We don't know what it looks like. Hey, let's take a quick break from our interview and talk about something a lot of people are going through right now. There are a lot of people that hit a major slowdown during the COVID crisis. Many of our clients came to us and said, sales are down and we're looking to have to lay people off, possibly sell buildings or other assets. Is there anything we can do to get momentum back in the business? The good news is, the items are actually helping our clients and we wanted to help other people with the advice that we gave them. So we built a guide you can download for free called Grow Again. What you do in your business when you get hit by the unexpected. We want you, the audience, to have it too. It contains seven videos that explain the strategies we shared with our clients. It has four screen shares that show you exactly how we apply the techniques to our business. And it has four worksheets and scripts that you can literally pick up today and use yourself. So go to quirkgrowth.com slash grow again and download your copy today. All right, let's get back to the interview. Yeah, it, it's, you know, it's funny, man. I, um, my wife, I'll, I'll, I'll come home and, hey, I got in a conversation with so-and-so today and they quit their job. And she just looks at me, quit, 
telling people to quit their jobs. Stop it. And I'm just like, they, he wasn't happy. And he had a plan, and he knew what he was supposed to do. He just needed someone to give him a little courage to, <laughs> Tell him to do it. Yeah. jump off the cliff. You might want to call his wife because she's probably pissed. But um, <laughs> anyway, no. Yeah, I mean, so a buddy of mine a few years ago, uh, we'd been building a relationship, and he'd started sharing his vision um, for a business idea that he had. And and I started, like, talking to him. I'm like, okay, you're you're married. You know, your dual incomes. You've got all this money in your 401k. You've got this dream. You're in this job over here that you absolutely hate that doesn't hardly pay you anything. And you don't have any kids. And I was like, I was, like, doing them. I was, like, running this equation with him. I was like, what is your problem? Like, why are you not doing this thing that you are dreaming of that you've had on a, you have a business plan and the whole thing put together? Like, what are you doing? And, and I was just there one day and he had a, I was actually at his office one day and it was just, it was not a good situation. And basically it's like, and I just talked him into quitting and he quit his job right there. He's like, yeah, I'm quitting. And he's like, I'm, I, I just quit my job. It's fine. It's fine. Just come here. Come here. No, 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 no. Who's coming with me? I'll come with you. You know, Jerry Maguire. And um, man, I'm excited that I just, I saw his post two days ago. He's two years in the anniversary of the business that he started. And he's, he's really successful and he's happy. And, you know, he now has a, as a daughter and his wife's in a great place. I just, it's those moments for me that I go, you know, they, they did it. And, um, and, and again, I, sometimes it doesn't, success doesn't always necessarily end up on the other side, sure. but it, like I said, it's which, what if are you willing to live with? And, and you'll never have to wonder what if I would have started that business and had a regret, you know, you hear all these people talk about how later on in folks' lives, like well into their, you know, on their close to their deathbed and whatnot, that that's the thing they talk about, the regret yeah. that they have in their life. And I, and at this point in my life, um, the only regrets I have is probably eating too many donuts. You know? <laughs> probably just slow down there. Other than that, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm working on it. It's so much easier now that you're a CEO, right? You're, you got a big team. You're, I mean, life is a breeze. Um, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know that this past year, a lot has changed um, in the business for Startup Camp itself. Um, yep. Yep. But these past few months or this past half year has been huge for you guys. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me, uh, Tell me what it's like being CEO now, looking back, or what some of that's looked like this past year. Yeah, I mean, I you know when we talked about before, I think you know if if you if you're building any kind of business or starting, there's always a pivot that comes, and I think we we realize like you know you got to follow the numbers. Eventually, you know you can. There's that fine line between this, the 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 leader is is kind of the crazy person. It's like we can do this, we can do this, and you keep kind of you're the one that has to like lead the charge and storm right. into the, but eventually it's like, nah, we can't do, we can't do this. <laughs> we need to do something different. And so we, we made a decision to, to pivot and jump into a world that, um, I mean, obviously I, I learned a lot about, it. I was an entrepreneur and a founder, um, but the world of angel investing was, was so new to me, but it was so fascinating. There's a lot of new laws and rules that have opened up. And so, uh, we decided to pivot in the world of angel investing. I, I I see the value in investing in the entrepreneur versus starting just one business. And so it's kind of a diversification play. It just, it's just a lot of fun. But all that to say is there's so much you have to learn on your own. And then your team is building. And then you're trying to figure out the messaging and marketing. And, and, and then the product that you're going to fulfill to the customer. Like, what is it that they actually want? And you, your trial and error and all that. And so, you know, and I think 
the thing you always have to think about is like, hey, you know, this isn't going to happen overnight. I don't know what you think it's going to happen, but like, this is a long process. And, you know, don't, don't get discouraged if you only made 500 or $1,000 today, you know, congratulations, you made five, there's somebody who wanted what you made, right again, today, again, today, and, and then hopefully, if you start to get better at what you're doing, uh, there's more people the next day and the day after that, that want what you have and want to be a part of what you're building. Um, I think that's always just the, the sign if you're, you're building something that's actually viable is that people will continue to give you their hard earned money. And yeah. so, so for us, you know, and it was like team members and, and you know, trying to educate people on angel investing, what they need to do and who needs to find what in their lanes. And then, you know, you're always managing uh, emotions, you know, somebody's, somebody's, either moving or having a baby or, you know, sad and they're, they're in quarantine or, you know, I, I always tell people like, look, I can teach someone how to execute a task, you know, but it's, it's here and here, but if you can help, if you can help them like navigate these two things and help them be in a place where they've got clarity, got some freedom there and they're like at peace, then you watch what they can do when it comes to work. And not only that, but, not only comes to work, but like the amount of loyalty that they have when you actually know them and care about them and you're not just plugging them into some hole, but you're trying to find the thing that they were, that they're really good at and that you really suck at, or most other people on your team suck at, but they're so good at it and you can champion that and lift them up. The output, the productivity and a happy team member, it's going to go through the roof. So it's just always, I mean, I think I've talked to you about this before. I'm always doing uh, a pulse check just on my team. Yeah. Just like always like trying like individually, I'll pop off a phone call. Hey, man, how you doing? It's more of like an impromptu versus like, let's schedule a meeting and see how you're doing. It's it's more like, hey, real quick. And I, and I know I'm probably the worst of people who love structure and schedule. Because I think when you when you have those conversations, like, well, I'm kind of glad you asked. People aren't like. They haven't been crafting in their mind. So I need to say it this way. Usually just get a real open, honest conversation. And that's, uh, those are generally uh, the best ones. So what would you say in the midst of everything going on for a business owner? What kind of advice would you give? Well, I think it depends on the business, right? I mean, sure. you know, some, some businesses like, how do I say this? COVID is like a jackpot for them. They're like, sweet, sure. we were built for this. Let's go. <laughs> You know, and they and they can leverage it really well. But, you know, um, I, I had a I have a friend who has a ride sharing company and right in the middle of it. And he's just like, well, no one's moving. Hmm. I was like, there are people who are moving to hospitals to work. I was like, you need to be the exclusive ride share provider for all the frontline workers. And people could be more than willing to uh, donate to that to pay for people's rides and you can continue to get your name out there you can do meals you can do all the things and so i think the thing it's it's, it's it depends on if you've got like this intuitive gene i mean I, I had a team member like i'm highly intuitive on the uh on the myers-briggs i mean yeah. intuition is, is is probably a blessing and a curse of mine i like i once had a i once had a buddy i was like it's so, so stupid but like i was like dude i think your wife's pregnant He's like, what? Why do you say that? I was like, she's got pregnancy hair, bro. Like her hair's glowing. And like, it's a good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, really? What? And she was. Like, it was like, <laughs> nobody, she, nobody even, like, it wasn't even a thing. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'll be asking people questions. Like, did you know? And I'm like, I didn't even ask you that. And they're like, how did you? And I'm like, oh, crap. 
<laughs> so all that to say is like when it comes to business, there's a level of intuition and kind of I love the term seeing around the corner. Um, but if, if you're not wired that way, there's a lot of like things you can look at, like history, what what happens in this particular niche um, in previous downturns, like what yeah. what kind of came out on the other side? Um, what am I, you know, one of the things you and I talked about earlier, James, was you know, um, this is something I've recently, um, I think it's called Raise the Game. It's a book I'm listening to on Audible, but but I heard a great point. Like someone will say, just sales, man. You just got to get sales, 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 sales. And and I would have probably, before I heard this, said, yeah, it's just all about sales. You got to figure out what makes sales. But I, what I would say, no matter what business you're in, in the middle of COVID, what I would say is that you need to, uh, first, if you want sales, it's it, you have to backtrack one and you have to communicate well. And if you want to communicate well, you need to listen. And so if you listen to your customers, to the people who aren't buying or are buying, then you can craft the narrative and the message to better communicate to your potential buyers, which will ultimately turn into revenue and money and, and hopefully the success you want to see. So in this, I don't think that's COVID or whatever. I mean, if you're listening, you can posture yourself as a learner and a listener um, and then somehow package that together in a message that makes sense and it's clear and it's simple to understand, then uh, that will produce money as well. So just look at your messaging and look at how you're listening and who you're listening to. Um, and maybe pivot that if you're not listening to the right people or the right outputs or inputs, I guess. Really, my, my big prayer and focus is like, okay, you know, I, I turned 40 in February, which is cool. I'm, I'm excited about it. But, you know, if, if I am indeed halfway or more than halfway, I really want to think about the long game in my life. You know, I, there was a book I read many years ago called The Millionaire Mindset. And I might have talked to you about this before, James. It's like the guy was, was, was really simple idea, but it was really good. He said, really poor people think day to day. Poor people think, um, uh, what is it, week to week. Middle class people think month to month. How am I going to pay my bills this month? You know, how am I going to, I got a month to month, right? And then rich people think year to year. They're really planning this year and, and then and, and maybe next year. And the extremely wealthy, the, the ones who are very rich, uh, think decade to decade. And I think you can apply that to finances and money, but I think you can also apply that in just like the impact and the difference you want to make in the world. So for me, I'm trying to think about the next four decades and go, okay, God, you've given me all these people that I've gotten the opportunity to influence, you know, directly, privately. There's some influence I'm getting that you're kind of opening to to the outside world that you know, it's kind of scary. I think that's the thing. Another thing for me is like for the longest time, I was like, put me on a stage and watch me dance, you know, and and I think I've finally been worked out of worked out of me that it's not has nothing to do, you know, going on MTV and all the things like that was filling some kind of silly insecurity. But at the same time, getting to at the time of my life. But but now I, I just realize it's, it's more about leveraging the gifts God's given me for the for the mission that's in front of me. And so um, as much as I'm probably now more than ever, like, nah, it's okay. I don't need to go out there and do all that. It's it's it, the influence and the opportunities are probably going to come a whole lot more. And so I'm just trying to focus on the long game 
and go, what's my long game? And, and the question I would ask for everybody who's watching here is like, ask yourself that same question. What is your long game? If somebody said, what's your long game? Can you accurately describe why you're doing the thing that you're doing today and how the outcome of that is going to play out years from now? If you're 27, you're like, I don't know, I'm, my long game is figure out if I want to be a banker. And then I try to, it's just like, I want to challenge you to think about your long game. Like, What is the story that you want to be told of you? And when I look back on the last 39 years, 40 years of my life, I look up and say my life's work up to this point has been loving my wife, loving my kids, hopefully serving Jesus, you know, well. And then also these people that God has put in my life. And so I look up and go, okay, what, what can I learn from that? And, and how can I take that into the next 40 years of my life and, and make the impact that that I want to be made, that I want made is when people, when I, when I go, I, I, I kind of hope at one point I'd kind of coined the phrase. I, I, people say like, my think about my funeral. Like I want people to say that like when Chris was around me, he didn't let me stay the same. He, he challenged me to change for the better, not just because for change sake, but to change, to become the person that maybe I'm afraid to become or to step into or whatever it is. And so, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm focused right now. You talk about a decade, I'm focused on the long game. Well, probably a decade ago, I was focused on me and success yeah. and climbing some kind of ladder and, and proving to the world that I'm I'm a big deal or whatever. But but now it's just like it's all about the long game, man. Long answer, but I hope that. No, that's incredible. I love that because just recently, me and my wife went through. It was a live stream for an entire day, like ten to four, with Donald Miller doing a life plan, and we just completely shaped what first we had to write our obituary right for our, our when we died yeah. and you know i've heard of those exercises before i'm like that's so silly and so stupid you know it's so silly but then we really started making uh, making it uh important and we started writing it out and then started shaping what our kids are going to say about us and our right. families and the people and then we're just like in tears thinking right. about this massive Sweet. picture that we really want and yeah. Then we do this 10-year plan, right? We go, okay, let's look at 10 years from now. Think big and audacious yeah. and what do we want to do? And okay, cool, let's go back five years and then one year. And you look at the one year and you're like, I'm not doing enough today to do that. You know, like I'm like, I'm literally behind. Sure. And sure. Um, But I love that because we actually read that now. I have it printed off as a part of my daily focus deal, cool. um, part of my devotional. And I read the obituary and our 10-year plan every morning. Cool. And it's actually been life changing over the past few weeks because it's when I write down my goals for the day and what I'm going to do, I'm shaping mm -hmm. around what's most important, not about what's got to get done for the day, you know, because it's got to get done, right? Like those yeah, things will get cool. done, yeah. but this is what's important. Right. Um, and I think that's huge. I mean, if we close that with that, that's huge. So yeah. I think just like you're saying, long game, looking to the future, what's your life really going to look like? Right. Um, stop worrying about today or tomorrow. Sure. Um, it'll take care of itself. Yeah. So what would be your challenge to everyone watching? Uh, we have entrepreneurs, we've got business owners, uh, executives, um, people in big seats and uh, trying to figure out also big moves in their life. So uh, what would your big challenge be as we kind of close this out to them? Oh, man. Um. I would just say work with James. That's it. Just, just hire James, hire Quirk. You'll get that check. Don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah. Just, just affiliate link, please. So drop the affiliate link right now. Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Um, 
No, I mean, look, you know, my wife and I, when we started off, when we took the jump, we didn't fully know what the journey was going to look like, but we, we named our company One Life because the whole idea is that, like, you have one life, you know, and, and this is something I love to tell people when they're, like, wrestling with the decision and what should I do and all the things. And so it's a real, real kind of fun. This, this happened to me years ago, and I didn't know I was going to go this way with it, but, you know, we'll see. Hopefully it, hopefully this is the big crescendo that you're hopeful for. We, I had this team member one time and he was really wrestling with the decision. He didn't know what he was supposed to do. Was he supposed to, you know, take this move over here or stay right where he was and, and all the things. And, you know, so many times like people watching here probably have, everyone has a big decision to make, right? They all have yeah. a huge decision to make. Um, it's like, should we move? Should I take the job? You know, should we sell the car? Should we go to what, you know, all the things. And so what happens is we have the emotions that are just wrapped up in all of it. And it's so hard to even see, like, we just can't see clearly. And so the question, the exercise I like to do is like, take that thing that you've got that real, like, and just play it out in your head, like the, the anxiety you've had, all the feelings. And now what I want you to do is I want you to imagine, and, and this works really well for those who have children. But at the time, when I shared this with this guy, he didn't have a kid, he was a single dude. And I said to him, I said, hey, if your kid came to you, say 25 years from now, 30 years from now, you know, you know, your son, your, your, your kids are you know what five five, five, three, five, yeah. five mm -hmm. three yeah so let's say in 25 years your your son comes to you and he says dad i've got this situation and he begins to unpack the exact same situation anxiety feelings all of the things that you're feeling in this exact same moment and then he looks at you and says what should i do what should i do and usually within about five seconds People go, well, this is, I would tell my kid to do this, 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 and this. And you're like, all right, well, why would you do that? Well, because I love them and I want the best for them. This is the advice I would give them. And they asked me for the advice. And it's like, okay, well, well, guess what? I think you just discovered the steps that you need to take to make the next move in your life. And so, you know, I don't know if that's helpful for anybody, but I think sometimes we get so paralyzed by fear and by our emotions and all the things. And so we just need to step back out and go like, look, you can do this. You know the answer. You know what's inside of you. You know what you need to do. Um, if you know it's James or myself, whoever, lend you some courage. We've walked before you, and you're going to be okay. Look, don't do something dumb. Don't do something still silly. Be you know, be calculated with with decisions you make. But just know, like you're going to mess up, and you're going to have victories. And it's yeah. all about the journey. It really is. It's 100% about the journey. Just don't live with that what if that, man, you're going to regret and be down in your life and go, man, I wish I would have tried this or that. There's a wish I would have uh, right on that list and then go, how, how do I check these boxes? What realistically do I need to check? And then um, and then live the life that you're born to live, man. That's that's it. Just don't don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Uh, yeah, that's it. Every single week when we close it out, we uh, do a little dance. So you want to join me? Bro, <laughs> I would love to join you. <laughs> All right, here we go. And here it is. <laughs> I, had a, I had a buddy in college who dance like this. <laughs> the worst. The worst move ever.
That was an awesome episode with Chris. Don't you think, James? Oh, yeah. Man, I, I love having Chris hang out with us to learn from for sure. Yeah, the thing that totally blew my mind was when he was talking about doing the one week versus one year versus one decade. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't typically think in decades. Do you? No, no. I mean, I've done an exercise where it's made me kind of stretch that far before, but not or you think in decades like i'm so caught up in the year to year even like more of like a three to five year so that really puts a good perspective on kind of our approach to the future yeah well that's all for today uh we want to keep helping as many people as possible clarify their message and connect to their purpose so hit that subscribe button below and whatever notification bell that yep. you might need here <laughs> um and then you know come back next week and we're gonna have another amazing guest for you no, that's awesome, Jake. Yeah, thanks for joining us on Clarity and Purpose, where we believe when a business leader aligns their team with their message, they become unstoppable. See you